Hello, welcome to Our in Africa. For your daily dose of news from across the continent, I'm Jean-Mil Jamin. Coming up on tonight's show, agents of disinformation. A new investigation reveals an Israeli firm sought to influence more than 30 elections worldwide, with over two-thirds of those African. We find out more from Forbidden Stories, the consortium which uncovered this bombshell revelation. Then as tensions grow over a cash shortage in Nigeria, the country's president has defended a decision to conduct a currency swap. The latest move has limited supply of new notes, leaving locals furious. And we take a look at the joint military exercises involving the United States and 20 other nations in Kenya. The flurry of activity comes just days before South Africa hosts joint naval exercises with China and Russia. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's one of the most uh, influential stories coming out in the world right now. French nonprofit Forbidden Stories has, re has released a report uh, claiming that an Israeli firm in 2020 sought to discredit the International Committee of the Red Cross in Burkina Faso. And this particular firm, dubbed Team Jorge, has been shown to influence more than 30 elections around the world, with over two-thirds of those claimed to be in Africa. French documentary maker Laurent Richard, the brains behind Forbidden Stories, discussed this bombshell revelation on our news program earlier. What we saw during the investigation that this company in Israel, Tim Jorge, was providing a technology called, a platform called AIMS. And AIMS, it's a, a kind of a army of the dark with 39,000 uh, avatars, bots. People who might have 50, 100 real friends who might... Uh, post some uh, uh, commentary on Facebook. And some of those avatars were involved in some campaign, including in the Senegal, for instance. So we know as well that this person, Tim Jorge, Jorge was involved in some election in Niger Nigeria. So he's pretending to be behind more than 30 uh, presidential election. So it's hard to confirm that, of course. So we have to be very careful about that because it's a salesman in, in, in the same time. But we were able to find the, the traces of all these uh, bots when the people from our team, uh, from Radio France and the IRS were infiltrating uh, in an undercover investigation this, uh, this company. He was asking them to pay 6 million euros to uh, influence an election in Africa. The kind of people who, who might have 6 million to pay for that might be state actors or big private companies as well. And, um, it depends. You can. Uh, you, there is a, a different level of, uh, of services that can they can provide you. Then during the infiltration, they were able to show how, for instance, in Kenya, they were able to uh, hack the Telegram account of uh, three advisors of the the, uh, the current president. The Burkina Faso story is another story with another company. That's uh, another infiltration as well from the same project for the Story Kilos project. It's a, it's a story where you have um, an NGO, the Red Cross, uh, being destabilized and being uh, victimized by that kind of disinformation campaign. And uh, uh, what we were able to see that the, a, a company was manipulating some journalists at Valeurs Actuelles, uh, a weekly uh, newspapers in France. That's, that's the far right leaning one. Yeah, 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 very far right. And they were publishing an opinion piece pretending, letting the people believe that the Red Cross uh, in Burkina Faso was very close to, was potentially close to jihadist group over there. 
which was not true at all. Uh, but uh, then, because of that opinion piece um, uh, published in the Value Actual, then uh, many noise uh, happened in the, in the country. Many people were talking about that, and, and it was a real uh, fake news operation. That was Lauren Richard from Forbidden Story speaking earlier to Mark Owen. Well, in a national broadcast on Thursday, Nigerian President Mohamedou Buhari has defended a currency swap, which has recently sparked protests and cash shortages across the country. The weeks-long cash crisis has intensified days before Nigeria's election on February 25th, where a successor to Buhari will be chosen. Sam Olukuya describes these difficulties. The president's directives comes less than 24 hours after nationwide protests that witnessed the burning down of some bank buildings and automated telemachines. Tele the violent protests were sparked off by the scarcity of the new banknotes. So acute is the scarcity of the new banknotes that many Nigerians are unable to get it to buy even basic things like food and medication. President Buhari acknowledged as much that Nigerians are facing difficult difficulties following the phasing out of the old currency. Many Nigerians were unable to swap their old banknotes with the new ones before they were phased out. It remains to be seen if keeping the old 200 Naira notes for another 60 days will go far enough to solve the currency shortage. Many Nigerians are holding the higher 500 and 1,000 old notes which the president re-emphasized have ceased to be legal tender. The president's directive that the old 500 and 1,000 notes are no longer legal tender is in conflict with a directive from the Supreme Court. Last week, the court ruled that the old currencies should remain valid until it resolved a court action brought by state governors who want Nigerians to be given more time to swap their old currencies with the new ones. A joint military exercise involving the United States Army, among others, is currently underway in Kenya. The training is set to end on the 24th of February and comes as part of the Justified Accord 23 War Games. Troops from more than 20 countries across three different continents are taking part, including the four African nations of Rwanda, Djibouti, Uganda and Kenya. The exercises form part of a partner readiness strategy for peacekeeping missions, crisis response and humanitarian assistance. Vivian Wandera, Bastien Renoui and Elodie Cousin give us this. These Djiboutian soldiers are learning how to clear a building. Unlike the American instructors, they don't speak English. All weapons facing down, clearing all the, all the points of domination. It has its moments where it's very difficult, but at the end of the day, we generally understand each other through the tasks that we're trying to get accomplished. While Kenyan soldiers are learning how to identify explosives, their Ugandan counterparts are trained to detect landmines. A thousand soldiers are taking part in the two-week-long exercise. In the Horn of Africa, you have various uh, contemporary uh, threat uh, challenges. Uh, you look at uh, drought. We also have uh, challenges in the Democratic Republic of, of Congo. We have challenges in Somalia. And all these uh, require cooperations. In recent years, the U.S. military has been increasingly involved in sub-Saharan Africa, from operating bases in the Sahel region to targeting Al-Shabaab militants in Somalia with the use of drones. As all these events continue to develop, 
both in Africa at large and specifically in East Africa, these types of operations, especially amongst partner nations, are going to continue to happen. At least 14 foreign militaries are present on the continent and more bases are being set up. Sudan recently agreed to host a Russian base and Wagner mercenaries are expanding their presence. The six U.S. military major exercises conducted every year on the continent not only train African armies to operate better, but also help the U.S. affirm their military presence on the ground and strengthen ties with partners. The time comes or if we ever need to work together, and be it emergency management, emergency response, or any sort of work that we may have to do together, for us it's important that we build relationships and partnerships with those that are willing to partner with us. These exercises are not only conducted in East Africa. The next training is set to happen in Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana in March. And the Senegalese government announced today that the next presidential election is set to be held in February 2024. But tense scenes in the capital Dakar have offered what is perhaps an ominous sign of things to come. Protesters were tear-gassed and opposition leader Usman Sonko was hauled out of his car by police on his way back from a politically loaded court hearing. For more on this, Sam Bradpiece brings us this report from Dakar. Videos of police smashing the car windows of Senegalese opposition leader Usman Sonko have gone viral online. Mr. Sonko was returning from a court hearing where he was supposed to be facing accusations of defaming a minister in President Macky Sall's government. The police pulled over Mr. Sonko's car and physically pulled him out of the car before escorting him home. This whole saga follows an earlier incident in the day during which law enforcement officers used tear gas to disperse protesters from outside the courtroom. The protesters believe that the judicial proceedings against Mr. Sonko are politically motivated. Essentially that President Macky Sall is trying to sideline his main opponent from the presidential race. Should Mr. Sonko eventually be found guilty of defaming a government minister or found guilty on separate rape accusations, he will most likely not be able to take part in next year's presidential race. Now that we know that the next presidential race will be held in almost exactly one year's time. There really is a sense that things are beginning to heat up here in Senegal. That's Sam reporting from Dakar. Well, thanks for joining us. That's it from our news from across Africa this evening. But there is more coming up on France 24.